Hello listeners and welcome to the Montel Weekly Podcast. I'm Richard Sverson and today I'm joined by my colleague Chris Eels, who's editor of France, and Chris Forspools, who's portfolio manager at Anode Energy. Uh, welcome to you both. Hi. Hi Richard. Chris, today you're not wearing double denim, but you've got uh, red shoes on. That's, uh, that's a new departure. Uh, anyway. question of style, Richard, you yeah. know. It, we, have, uh, we, you know. We have to sort of um, have to comment on Chris's um, dress sense now and again during the podcast. But anyway, Chris, I'd like to, uh, to start by asking you a little bit about uh, the situation in the Benelux and, and, and France region. Uh, we've seen uh, this week some news uh, about... Uh, reactors in France that potentially have some problems with their steam generators. They're welding on there. Now, I know you're no expert and the news, we don't have any details on what this means, but um, what's your initial feeling here? Is it, oh no, deja vu, or is it um, we need to find out some more details? Well, for starters, it's getting a bit confusing with two Chris's here, but... Uh, yeah, that's, that's uh, right. Right. <laughs> Your Chris as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Chris with a K, maybe. Chris with a K, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Um, it, it clearly demonstrates that the situation is very fragile. Uh, as in France, as in Belgium, uh, there's obviously problems with the nukes. Uh, I don't know the, the technical details for the moment, uh, whether or not the situation in France is, is, is critical, that, that they will actually go offline. But it, it clearly demonstrates that, that uh, the system is fragile. And, and once you're talking about nuclear, uh, they're, they're massive installations. So if, if, if you're potentially losing uh, thousands of megawatts at the same time, it's immediately going to have a massive impact. And okay, the market reacts without any, any clear knowledge. Is there a risk of, of losing, losing 1,000 megawatts or 10,000 megawatts? We, we basically don't know, so the market is, is, is reacting, but it, it has no, no fundamental basis to react. But it demonstrates that, that the system is fragile and you're, you're using technology that, that's, that's been operational for over 40 years. If there's a problem in one nuke, well, there's potentially a problem in all of them. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a critical issue and that's going to emerge constantly. Mm. You can't see this. I mean, it, it has happened. It happened 2016, 2017. Um, so this is maybe something that something we can expect to, to continue. Um, well, these kind of scares. Normally, uh, or, or people usually say, well, this is a one-time event and it won't happen again. But but we've seen that in, in Belgium also, uh, 2015, there were the cracks in, 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 in the reactors. They, they were investigated for, for, for over a year and, and, and then apparently they, they received the green light to continue operating. But, uh, okay, 2018, they all went offline again. So, so it's, it's not the reliability that you, that you would be expecting from a nuclear power plant anymore. And that's something to, to either it continues or it doesn't, but it brings uncertainty to the market. And then any news that comes uh, will have, will have a, a large impact. Mm, absolutely. I mean, I mean, we've seen, I mean, markets have gone, I've seen words like insane and completely crazy in the way that the, the market have just taken, it's gone ballistic on the upside here. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's calmed down a bit now. Um, what is, is, is the worst case scenario here? What's, what, what are market participants fearing here? What are their concerns? Worst case scenario? is that all, all, all nuclear power plants in France go offline. Yeah. <laughs> as clear as that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the worst case scenario. Uh, whether or not that, that's realistic, I, I don't know, and, and I don't really think so, because, mm. okay, the steam generators have been operating for 40 years, 
So, so, so I don't think the French will go into a scenario where they, sh where they shut down all of their nuclear power plants at once. Although we, we had a situation in 2016, October 2016 in France, uh, and it was also related to steam generators, carbon segregation. They were worried about cracks in mm -hmm. the steel of the steam generators. Yeah. And that, in that case, um, if my memory serves me, uh, I, I think they stopped, um, they certainly stopped four, they brought planned outages forward mm -hmm. concerning four reactors. Yep. That was the first thing they did. Uh, and then I think later on, uh, they messed around with uh, planned outage schedules for, for, for other reactors. And in the end, you had a third of the fleet that yep. was affected by this steam mm -hmm. generator, another steam generator issue. I, I, it's possible that that is also has helped to drive uh, concerns, fears, as well, people are uh, have, have learned to expect the worst in a way in France, mm. and it always happens in autumn. That's bizarre, isn't it? It yeah. is strange. I think you're verging on the conspiracy theory there, Chris, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, no, there aren't any sort of little men around here, as far as I'm aware. No, not not, not yet, anyway. <laughs> um, but what I mean, what happens, Chris, with a K, if we get back to um, a scenario which is also combined? I mean, nuclear potentially outages combined with a very harsh winter. Um, what, what could that do to, 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 to prices? A, a very harsh, win harsh winter is always a problem in France, even if, if the entire nuclear fleet is available. France is highly dependent on, on uh, electricity for heating, so if it goes below minus 10 degrees, then, then you always have a problem in France, even mm. with the, the entire nuclear fleet available. And with some of them off, yeah, I suppose the sky's the limit, absolutely. Yep. Um, but then... Isn't it to some? Isn't the situation eased to some extent by um, low gas prices and, and high levels of storage for, for, for the gas market? I mean, neighbouring markets could come to some assistance here. Uh, neighbouring markets always come to assistance if it's very cold, but but uh, you can't import more than, than the maximum uh, than the maximum capacity. So even with the low gas prices, uh, you still have. Okay, fairly cheap generation available in, in other countries, but that's not going to help that much if it gets, gets really cold. But is the problem essentially the fact that the reactors are just too old? I mean, they're, they're, they're getting old, problems are creeping up, you know, the same issues are creeping up every day, every, every, every year, sorry, not every day. Well, the, the, that, is, that is indeed a problem, and you also see that in the maintenance schedules. 10 or 20 years ago, they, they went into maintenance for about a month every, every two years. Now... If a power plant goes into maintenance, they do all kinds of stuff. Uh, I, I don't know what exactly, but, but uh, maintenance of one month, I, 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 we haven't seen that in a long time. The men in white coats uh, will know about <laughs> yeah, that when they're yeah. yeah, But, but um, you're, you're from Belgium, uh, Chris with a K, and that's the, the, we've had some issues there also with, with these nuclear reactors. Um, last, last year particularly, uh, only one of them was online. Yes. Um, uh, going into the winter, but I think maybe maybe we're lucky that the winter wasn't was was fairly mild. Yeah, Otherwise, indeed. it could have been. But even then, we saw price up three hundred euros, didn't we? Um, the forward the November contract went went above two hundred uh, on the spot market. I think the highest we saw was about four hundred. But mm. but again, that's not really dramatic. It it didn't go to three thousand. So so mm. there there was never a blackout imminent or mm. or, or any any severe uh, security of supply problem throughout throughout that period. Are the uh 
are the given that I think at the end of the winter we had a we had overcapacity in Belgium. It was, a, it was a vast turnaround, wasn't it? It was a very curious situation. Do you think the fears of blackouts are overdone in in, in Belgium? Every not every year, but often we hear uh, you know al alarm bells are, are rung somewhere, uh, either by Elia or by someone in the government, and uh, uh, and it never turns out to. Uh, the reality to, is, is, is always different, but we don't see the lights stay on. Basically. Well, the, the, the strange thing is, I, I hear the alarm bells, bells from, from Elia as well, but they also have a scarcity indicator on their website, which could be green, orange, red, or black. And, okay, black is a big issue, then they start to, to, uh, uh, to, to, to shut down certain parts of the grid to avoid, to, to avoid a blackout. But uh, since the existence of that indicator, it has always, it has mostly been on green and sometimes on orange, never red or black. So, so uh, security of supply, yeah, Ilya is screaming, but their indicator is, is, is telling something else. Also, in, in, in the month of November, indeed, when only one nuclear power plant was, was online, the indicator was never red or black. So, so that is basically saying that there was no issue with security of supply. Mm. And indeed, if the entire fleet is available, then Belgian prices even go uh, lower than, than in Germany. Mm. So that indicates that for the moment, the capacity is, is uh, well, fairly redundant in Belgium if everything is available. But okay, maybe they're simply cautious and taking into account that, that uh, <laughs> you can only count on about half of it to, to, to be online. Is that unreliable? But, uh, but, uh, but Chris, again, uh, you know, you're saying um, that uh, Belgium has plans to decommission its nuclear fleet by 2025. Yes. Uh, and earlier today, you highlighted a very, very tight time schedule for mm -hmm. it to do that. Mm -hmm. um, now, is this 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 realistic and and i think also earlier again has been screaming that there could be sort of serious blackouts after this date if nothing is done uh, if nothing's put in place to to to, to replace that capacity yeah. uh, is that something you you would agree with or well starters there is something in place because uh, belgium is working on a, on a on a capacity mechanism that should go go online in in a couple of years time so so there is a plan b for for when all the all the nukes go offline uh, the big question is, uh, will they effectively go offline? Because some politicians are, are asking for, for uh, 10 years additional lifetime for, for three of the, of the seven nuclear power plants. So that again adds uncertainty to the nuclear game in Belgium. And, yeah, and we had, sorry, to legal issue with the Dole reactors. Um, it's currently still in the courts, I think. Um, there was a finding um, that it was unlawful to energy acted unlawfully to extend the lifetimes of those reactors by 10 years. Yes, so again, uncertainty and, and uh, yeah. And again, <laughs> Belgium doesn't have a government yet in place to sort it out. That doesn't maybe there, help the no situation. There's no government yet. Yes. We, 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 nobody even knows what that government will look like. There's currently talks on, on a potential coalition, but, but uh, nobody knows if that will actually work or if mm. they'll need to find another majority to, to, to do something. And probably the nuclear uh, life extension will again be on the, on the negotiation table of the new government. It's maybe it's often the easiest and the cheapest option, is it not? Just to extend uh, the lifetime of a, of a reactor? The problem with the lifetime extensions of nuclear is that that's not the issue. That's not the challenge for the future. If, if, you, if you look into the future, whether or not it's nuclear or renewable or, or something else, 
the lifetime extensions of of, of the nukes is is a is a wrinkle in time. It's it, it's it's not it's not something something fundamental. On, on a longer term time horizon, you need something else in the energy transition, which mm. is flexibility, mm. uh, storage. You need those kinds of things, and you need them in a hundred percent renewable context. But you also need need them in a hundred percent nuclear context. So whatever mm. you choose, mm. uh, the lifetime extension of the nuclear is not really important. You have to start working on something else. And, and that is flexibility, that is demand response mm. uh, and topics like that. But the problem is, as long as you keep debating on nuclear lifetime extension, you don't start the debate on the real issues of flexibility in the and, long term. And you certainly don't start building the necessary infrastructure no, or no, capacity indeed. to do that. Yeah. It's just delayed and delayed yeah. and delayed. Yeah. If, for example, in that period where, where you don't have the new capacity coming online, you have potentially nuclear decommissioning, if there's a harsh winter, you highlighted earlier today, uh, as we're speaking at the, the Benlux uh, Energy Day, um, that uh, Belgium could be sacrificed uh, for the for the greater good. You know, yeah. for, uh, could you explain a bit more about what you what you meant here? Well, that's the flow based markets. So all all the European markets are coupled, and and the the, the prices are settled in in the flow based algorithm. And the flow based algorithm it simply calculates the maximum welfare for for the entire system. And the entire system is split up in, in the different countries. But of course, Belgium is a very small com co country. So the welfare benefits in Belgium don't really uh, weigh up to the welfare benefits in Germany. So if there is, it, so in, in the welfare optimization, Belgium is often sacrificed. And that's mm. also what you see when you have price spikes in, in, in problems in France or Germany or the Netherlands, then Belgium is usually usually used as a transit country to solve the problems, the local issues in, mm. in the biggest countries, mm. which means that uh, in that case, Belgium has no access to import capacity, but they simply have to transit the power from, from the Netherlands to, to France or vice versa. And does that mean then that, you know, brownouts, blackouts or very high prices? I mean, what, what are the, the, the actual consequences? Of, uh, the of actual consequences will, will probably be that if you have price spikes wherever in Europe, that, mm. that it will probably affect uh, Belgium or the smallest uh, economic regions in 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 Europe uh, first. So we'll have yeah okay so they will be they will be sacrificed first uh, in, yeah. and in such a, such an occasion. Chris uh, with a C had to had to leave us so I think maybe he had to fill up his, his parking meter but um but I think another aspect oh here he, here he's coming back. Um we heard today that also that the French uh, energy bill was passed in Parliament, which then uh, um, actually confirms the 2035 date for phasing out nuclear. Do, do you think that's realistic? Again, I don't know. That's that's a polit political decision. And, and 2035, that's that's interesting because that's beyond any uh, political time scope. So, so that's that's simply passing on the problem to, to the next government. That's that's a commonly used political trick, but, but in, in in this case, I don't really know what it means. It means you shift the problem to the next or probably even two governments from now on. Does it mean, as some have uh, analyzed, that you have to extend reactors? Essentially, um, that's what you have to do. You could potentially extend reactors. Uh, of course, you're facing all the problems with old reactors for the moment. They're not getting any younger. So if you talk uh, 2035, then, then they're again 20 years older than, than they are today or 15 years older than they are today. Probably with larger problems, but you could extend lifetime 
I, I, I don't know if you can do it indefinitely, but, but you can extend the lifetime. And that's, that's a bit of a problem for the moment because they're working on a capacity mechanism. But uh, the gut feeling more or less says that if the capacity mechanism won't make it, then they'll simply have the plan B of prolonging the lifetime of, of the nuclear power plants. But having a plan B, well, it, it, it more or less invalidates the plan A or, or, or makes the plan A less, less credible. So. And uh, as we said earlier, it also um, denays the, the transition within the energy system in that country as yep, well. They indeed. Moving, yeah, so that's, it's, it's, uh, there's certainly no plan C there. So, so if, if you always have the possibility to extend the lifetime of nuclear power plants, everything else is on hold, I think. And that's, that's the danger here. Yeah. Chris with a K and Chris with a C, thank you very much for joining the weekly, the Montel Weekly podcast this week. Thank you. And I thank you. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for joining the Benelux uh, Energy Day. Um, uh, I think there's all this left to say now. Please, uh, please enjoy uh, the rest of the evening. It's a little bit rainy here in Amsterdam, but, uh, you know, it's been a pleasure having you here. And um, please, listeners, uh, keep up to date with uh, the latest news on montelnews.com and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and uh, you can subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much. Goodbye.